Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hey, and welcome to a new episode of the Weird Works Podcast. I'm April, and today I am changing the tables, and we are going to be interviewing Dr. Christy. So, Dr. Christy, welcome to your podcast. Oh, thanks so much. It's great to be here. Well, we're so glad you could join us. (laughs) All right, so today we're going to have a little bit of fun, and we're going to learn a little bit more about you. Okay. So it's really, you know, easy to go to your website and read your bio and still not really know who Dr. Christie is. I'm more than the words on a page. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, <laughs> in so many ways. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who Christie is? Okay. So I always laugh when people ask me this. So back in 1970, and I won't <laughs> tell you the year. <laughs> no, um, well, I got my start. Like a lot of patients, I think what I, you know, hope for most people to understand is that I've been in a lot of people's shoes. And so what led me on this journey of where I am today as a natural health practitioner and all the different modalities that we bring into the practice is really because I had to figure this out for myself once upon a time and figure out how to heal my own body. And so that began really in middle school, right? So People always think of me as like the bright, shiny, energetic person in the room, but I wasn't always the picture of health, and that could be maybe difficult for people to understand. So what did that look like? Well, um, you know, I always loved school. I'm a nerd. You guys know me. I'm a book nerd. And back then, I wasn't feeling great. You know, I actually did miss a lot of school. I had to make up homework. And this was probably even before middle school. Like my mom could probably tell you, you know, I remember days of being out of school long term and having my books sent home and assignments and trying to make up. Um, But all the while, like I was able to do what I had to do. And luckily, school came easily for me. So it really didn't interfere with my schoolwork until I got older and the symptoms got more progressed. And so kind of what happened to me was I was just having a lot of um, severe abdominal discomfort and pain, and um, we didn't really know what the source of it was. I was just a nervous kid to begin with, so I think everybody naturally thought, like, well, it's her stomach. And so I went to all these different specialists and had different tests. At first, they kind of write you off until you scream and shout and make a big enough deal and it kind of goes on longer than it should especially for kids you know like kids shouldn't be sick for long periods of time so it wasn't until it become alarming to the medical professionals that like maybe we really should like listen to her and do some additional testing and so you know I went to probably every doctor under the sun and while I got older and the symptoms got more intense 
so did the medical treatments and the studies and the diagnostics as well. All right, so now you're going through this. This is your life. This is your middle school, your high school. You yeah. managed to get through high school. And what did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, so I am the weirdo that knew from an early age that I did want to be a doctor. Um, I probably knew in my first biology class, I was just immediately like fascinated with the human body. Um, I thought there was nothing more interesting in the world. And so, you know, I knew I wanted to become a doctor. So all the while, while my body was failing me, I was studying about all these incredible things that the body was supposed to be capable of. Okay. All right. So you get into college. Yeah, I was, I got through school. I mean, like I said, I still excelled at school and did all the things I had to do. Um, I, Went to my undergrad at the University of Rochester pre-med, um, but I had to really like study to get there because there were some finals that I had missed and stuff. Yeah. But I was in advanced classes. I took college courses. You know, I even got to do this cool program in high school called New Visions where I had completed all my high school requirements and some college requirements. And I went to a hospital for half a day and I saw surgeries and I saw babies being born and I spent time in radiology and in the blood labs like I saw all this incredible stuff firsthand um, and so then I get into undergrad at the University of Rochester and I maybe the stress of it kind of looking back of you know just pushing my body and not feeling good and it is intense for you know if you have college kids or you know you're a college student yourself you know that is stressful, like leaving the nest, going out on your own. And then it was kind of a wake-up call to me. Like when I got to college, I was always a great student. I was a straight-A student. I graduated valedictorian of my class and all that. But um, college was a wake-up call because school always came so easy to me. And so it wasn't easy. And then maybe the stress of all of that and kind of intensified my discomfort. And I tried to kind of push through it the first couple of years. But... My, I actually had surgery my senior year of high school. For, that was my first surgery. So that was one of the things that took me out of school and caused me to have to make up some stuff. And then what they would do every time I had surgery is they would actually put me through menopause. Oh, man. So, so what does that look like? So putting you through menopause... What did you feel? How did your body react? Like, what did that look I felt like? like? A hot, sweaty, <laughs> irritable middle-aged woman. Okay. <laughs> I mean, now you know, and we know we help women with all sorts of like hormone and infertility issues in the office. But here I was, like high school and you know freshman in college, going through it. Um, so my condition, I guess I'll back up and say, was endometriosis. That's what started me on this whole path. And that's probably also why it was so hard for them to diagnose what was wrong with me. Because when you have any kind of abdominal pain, it's not like if you have shoulder pain and you're like, it's right here, you know, or back pain and you can kind of isolate it like it's here. Musculoskeletal pain is like, you know, you pretty well know like where it's coming from. Yeah. But when you have organ type pain, it's just kind of diffuse and it's not obvious like where exactly it's coming from. And so they kind of put me through the gauntlet of all these different tests because they didn't know if it was my stomach or my kidneys or my intestines. And then finally I had to advocate for myself because I noticed that it seemed like with my cycle that it tended to be worse at different times of the month. And that led me to the OBGYN. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they don't prescribe surgery first. 
right? Usually that's the last resort or it should be. And that's what we treat our patients. So it took me a couple of years before they would even do surgery. And some of that even had to do with insurance reimbursement. Like you're not sick enough for them to pay for the tests that you need. But they didn't really still know what was wrong with me. And I was on painkillers. I was on birth control pills to try to regulate the cycle. And um, I had every test under the sun, you know, blood work and poked and prodded. And they thought, well, since we don't really know what it is, maybe we should open you up and take a look inside. So the first surgery that I had was diagnostic. Like they did it in the hopes that they would figure out what was wrong with me. Okay. How did that go? Well, they did. That's when I got the diagnosis of endometriosis. And so for people who don't know, endometriosis means the endometrial tissue is what lines your uterus and your fallopian tubes, like the female reproductive um, system. And so that isn't supposed to get outside of the uterus. And so in endometriosis, I still don't totally know why, but the cells that are in the uterus, which expand and bleed every single month, they expand and get outside and they attach to, in my case, they were on my large and small intestine. They were on the peritoneum, which is the lining. They were on um, areas of my pelvis and and my ureters for my bladder and kidneys. So it was like all over. And it even had created like a lesion that kind of herniated through the lining of the abdominal wall that they had to repair internally as well. So at least they got a diagnosis and we knew what we were dealing with. But the problem was that it wasn't an easily treatable disease. So I had the surgery. They cauterize or laser any of the lesions that they find. And they try to eliminate enough of it to make you feel significantly better, but not go after it aggressively enough where they're hurting all the rest of the tissue because it could cause nerve damage. It could cause bladder damage. It could rupture your intestines and do all these other things. So they remove enough of it to try to make a difference. And what they had sold me on at the time was that my best bet was to have them shut down my female reproductive cycle after every surgery in the hopes that this endometriosis wouldn't spread, like continue to progress. And so, you know, I'm a middle school, high school kid. My parents only knew traditional medicine. I wasn't raised in an alternative medical family by any means. And so we did what the doctors said, like we didn't really question it. And so that would buy me time and I would have a little more comfort and that would last for about two years. And then kind of like clockwork, I would go through the same excruciating pain and doubled over. Um, You know, if you've had abdominal pain, it makes you nauseous. You don't feel like going anywhere. It's hard to like show up for school, affects your mood and attitude and everything else. And so the next two years, I was, uh, well, what are you, a sophomore Mm -hmm. in college, an undergrad studying pre-med, and I had to have another surgery. So at that point, I actually had to take a hiatus from my college studies to go through the second surgery. I had the surgery while I was in school, and I thought I would be able to push through and stay in school. But when they did the Lupron injections, which is what put me through menopause the second time, I was so sick going through the symptoms of menopause that like, it was impossible for me to continue on with my pre-med studies. That had to be like hugely emotional too, right? I mean, so you're not only dealing with like the physical symptoms, but knowing you and not being able to continue yeah. and do the things that you want to do on a, the time frame you want to do it. You had to be dealing with 
lot of emotional things as well. Yeah, I don't show a lot of emotion. So <laughs> definitely, you know, I kind of have to reflect back on that. And like, of course, it was a super excruciating decision. Like even mm. to just admit, like call, you know, pick up that phone and call my parents and admit that like, I can't go on, come and pick me up. Like mm. we had a leak, you know, I had talked them into getting me an apartment and I had moved off campus and, you know, nice. I was doing all these things and everything. And, uh, I'm like, just kidding. Like, I think I need you to come and get me. And I was worried. I don't like to let anybody down. Um, I'm not a quitter, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think it probably did take a lot out of me to just admit that, like, my body was physically incapacitated to the point where I couldn't do the things that I was passionate about doing. So I went home. (laughs) And how long were you home for? Well, I will say that I never went back. (laughs) Okay. Tell us why. Well, it was a retrospective time, you know, I think sometimes like when you struggle and you don't get the answers that you're needing, it forces you to look elsewhere. And um, I, I just thought to myself, like, here I am studying to be a doctor and to help people. And I'm now the tides are turned and I'm the patient. And medicine wasn't giving me answers right so surgery every two years go through um go through menopause and i'm at that point i don't even know think i'm in my 20s at that point and i thought am i gonna do this for the rest of my life like how long are we gonna keep doing this and so you know i've said this before but the very medicine that i was studying to become a part of was failing me And it really made me think about it when I was home trying to heal my body. Like, am I going to go back? What is health? Like, kind of where does it come from? I wasn't satisfied, you know, with the answers that I was getting. Mm. And so I started studying other forms of medicine somewhat, maybe not at the point because I was going to study it myself, but I was studying naturopathic and herbal remedies and things to just heal myself. And I really got interested in it. Like I turned my eyes on to that. Like there's another whole healthcare system out there. And um, while I'm trying to heal myself, I became really interested in some of the more natural medicine. And so I thought I was going to go back to school, like do naturopathic school okay. at the time. Yeah. But at that time, um, naturopaths were only licensed in like seven states. And I was like, I'm young. I need to keep my options open. And I didn't particularly care for any of the states. <laughs> that they were licensed in. Um, and then I found chiropractic school, which is kind of funny because it's it was right in my back door. Like the chiropractic school was like eight miles north of where I grew up on Cayuga Lake in upstate New York. And um, I never intended to be a chiropractor. I went to a chiropractor, but he wasn't completely holistic. You know, there wasn't anything like flashy or fancy about their practice. They really just treated back pain, you know, and I would mow lawns for in the summers and I was playing basketball and my, I was this grunny little thing. And so my back hurt all the time. So I just went for pain relief. I didn't go for holistic medicine or anything. So that wasn't like super impressionable on my future, but I found the chiropractic school and that shaped my whole like future career. Okay. All right. So I love that, like that you found a new path mm-hmm. to like start off healing yourself and now you're healing others. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So we kind of talked about your healing journey um, and kind of the way 
through kind of like weird works, mm -hmm. the way you've healed your body. And I'm sure you see a lot of these um, in your patients as well that you treat today. So kind of, okay, I'm going to throw you out like an emotional question here. So that, you know, 18, 19 year old girl that had to go back home and find her new path. What do you think that she would think of Dr. Christie today and all the people that she's helping because of this journey that, you know, you had to go through? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she would say, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl. Um, well, I just, you know, I always set out to help people, but it's always a blessing in disguise, right? Like you thought, we thought, I thought I had a path, right? I mm -hmm. thought I had it all planned out and figured out and I could control it and I couldn't control it. And so, you know, that probably very early on, I probably didn't know it then, but you know, if the 19 year old girl could look at me now would realize like sometimes you just have to kind of submit, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of have to like throw your hands up in the air and go with it and let the road lead you a little bit because that's, really how I found chiropractic and then nutrition and kinesiology and all the other weird things that we do today. <laughs> and I think I love that. And I think that's how a lot of people find you today, right? Is yeah. that um, traditional medicine has failed them. Mm -hmm. They're being told to stay on, you know, drugs, stay on mm -hmm. medications to live with it, to find workarounds to deal with the the pain or the symptoms that they're having yeah unfortunately yeah that is unfortunately mm. all the time I hear today like you know you're my last hope this is my last resort this is the last stop for me I don't you know I've ruled everything else out and come to the end of my road and that kills me you know that is sad mm. to me because now today knowing what I know and having healed my body like I no longer have endometriosis or cysts I don't have chronic pain I have normal periods you know I'm obviously able to do a lot be highly productive and have my career and all this that um you know I know that the body heals but so knowing what I know today it kills me when I hear those stories repeatedly because what we're hoping is that we can get this information out and share our own testimonials and testimonials of other people who have gone through programs like this to know that like this can be your first stop not your last resort mm -hmm. right so if we can teach people that your body can in fact heal and that there is more to it than just relying on drugs and surgery and accepting sometimes you know, a death sentence or a long time, long term chronic um, diagnosis or long term use of prescription drugs or like me, like surgery every two years. Like, can you imagine the toll that that would have taken on my body if I continued on that path? Like, I can definitely guarantee that if I continued on that path with surgery every two years and allowing them to inject um, hormones into my body and putting me through menopause, there's no way that I would have been able to, you know, succeed and have a you know, 17, 18 year career in medicine and be the main um, practitioner here and work as hard as we do and take on additional, you know, responsibilities to lecture and write books and do podcasts and get the word out. Like I wouldn't have done a fraction of that, you know, you'd be I, I, you saying that you'd be a completely different person. Yeah, right? I would definitely not be sitting here recording this podcast. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so you've kind of mentioned some of the ways that people can find you, and I love that you use these different platforms mm -hmm. to try and educate and spread the word and let people know that you know, holistic care isn't the last resort. Mm -hmm. So go through those again and let us know the different ways that you are sharing this message. 
Yeah, sure. Well, of course, we've got our main practice. We're sitting here at Health by Design in Jacksonville, Florida. Before I practiced here, I practiced for 12 and a half years in upstate New York. So there's the practice side of things, but not everybody can be on site for us. And so we are putting um, all of our curriculum online. We will be launching an online curriculum to put all of our knowledge and programs in an online course platform. So um, people who follow us across the country can, you know, utilize our knowledge and our resources and tools. Definitely through education, you know, there's a ton of free content. We put it all out there for you guys. Um, we don't charge for it because I hope that you'll find these answers sooner than I did, that your eyes will be open and you'll do some research after you hear this encouraging story that you'll think differently or not accept less than optimal for your long-term prognosis. So our YouTube channel has education classes from, you know, hormone health, like my story, to digestive health, causes for headache, hormone and infertility, heart disease, everything from keto and intermittent fasting and meal planning and prep, you know, just general healthy living tips and tricks. It's all out there. Um, we've got our social media channels. We're writing a book about how you have written your health ID, like all the things that rolled into how you identify your um, health and wellness and kind of challenging that to rewrite it in a healthier format. And of course, the Weird Works podcast, um, just sharing stories of encouragement because I'm not here to sell you or plug you, you know, or try to pitch you on becoming a patient. What I need to do is give you the information and knowledge that you can make educated decisions because if you're only told your entire life that there's only one way about it, you can't take responsibility for what you don't know. And so all I can do is give you knowledge and resource and evidence that there is another way and encourage you to find it for yourself. I love that. So many different ways to find, you know, more information and ways that we can either reach out to you or do some stuff on our own. Yeah. And of course, you know, we'll put our contact information in the show notes so that you can reach out with specific questions, message us on our social media. You know, we're here for you guys. We are of service. So whatever we have to do. All right. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you feel you should share? I don't know. I just want to share like our word, our motto is, you know, there is hope your body can heal. And I think sometimes or a lot of times with the reliance on um, some of the fancy technology and traditional medicine, it's easy to um, it's easy to just rely on all the technology. But when medicine is more focused on reliance on technology and using your results for traditional imaging and blood work as the only picture of what's going on with you and they're not listening to you. You could be a you could be an unhealthy person being told that you're normal, everything's mm -hmm. normal, there's nothing wrong with you. Um and you're the only one advocating for yourself that you're like, but I'm not well, like I don't feel good. I know what it was like to be me before when I was healthy and feeling amazing and I was productive and I know the contrast with how I feel today. So if you feel like you need to advocate for yourself and you don't, you know, feel like accepting this lack of hope message that's been told to you, um, your body is miraculously designed to heal. Like there's so much more encouragement that we have just because we recognize and respect 
the fact that your body was miraculously designed and can heal. And so, you know, I hope that you'll do some uh, research and self-education on that. And um, that will probably start to lead you to put a path together um, so that you don't have to accept a less than optimal future. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for letting me turn the tables on you today and sharing your story. Thank you. All right. We're signing off today, Dr. Christy and April on the Weird Works podcast in good health naturally. Bye.